It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm joined in person by my brother, Dusty. Dusty, I love that ugly sweater, that ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to be in Fresno now, hanging out with you and hanging out with the family. Um, so yeah, I actually have like three different ugly sweaters because, you know, every year you buy a new one because you're going to the same parties and same ugly sweater contests and you don't want to rehash the old ones. So now I have three, and so I cycle through three different ones. But yeah, so this one I'm wearing right now, it has the gingerbread man, and it has Santa's hand coming out, just a big hand coming out and breaking off the gingerbread man's head. And so um, I really like it. I have another one that has like a bunch of AR-15s and 1911 pistols Ooh. and things like that. Um, then I also have another one I just gave to my dad. So our dad, um, he's a little smaller. He's Japanese. And I bought this sweatshirt from uh, apparently it was you know, some Facebook um, silly commercial not commercial but like an ad and it, it was in october i clicked on the link and it said hey go buy this this awesome um uh christmas sweater and i said hey this looks really good basically it's a sweatshirt has a hood and it makes it look like you have a tie on and it's all red with like um candy canes and santas and all that sort of stuff so it's pretty fun but i ordered in october thinking it was going to come here before christmas it gets to my house like three days after christmas like stupid Facebook um, ads that they put out there. And I ordered an extra large because I didn't normally wear a large. And I, instead I bought an extra large just in case. And it fits like a medium. I yeah. was like, maybe Asian extra large, you know, from Hong Kong or China, wherever it was made is tiny. And so we gave it to my, our dad and it, it works. It fits really well on him. Yeah, it looked really good last night when you came in. I like the colors, but just like you said, the first thing I said to you was, wow, is that pretty tight? Is that comfortable? <laughs> and then, yeah, you cop to it. Nope, it's not you know, comfortable at all and <laughs> kind of thing I would never wear. I mean, I like the colors and the look of it and everything, but oh man, no good. So anyway, you came into town and the day after you came into town, we went and watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm so glad you chose this movie. If you didn't choose it this week, I would have chosen it for next week anyway. So it was on the docket no matter what. And I've got to tell you, Dust, well, you and I have talked about it after the movie because we finally went and saw a movie together, but it blew me away. I could not believe how good this movie was. I absolutely loved it. It was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. At first, the way that it was doing the cartoon, like the coloring and putting dots on people's faces and stuff, I was like, no, this is kind of... the blurry background or for, it, uh, background, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, man, I don't know if I like this very much because I, I started thinking, are we in a 3D movie? Like, should I have my 3D glasses yeah, right now? <laughs> you asked me in the movie. <laughs> Where's our glasses? <laughs> I know. But um, uh, in all, like the story was really fun. I, a after I got used to the way it was showing this or telling the story with the colors and with the, you know, making it look like a comic book. After I got used to that, I was like, yeah, it actually fits really, really well. Um, there were some parts that had more of those like blurbs or, you know, like uh, call outs that a normal comic would have. Like in the beginning, they had a lot of those. In the middle, they had less in the end, they put some more in there. I don't know if that was like storytelling, the reason why they did that, but it just felt like that to me. But yeah, it was fun. Really, really fun to watch. It was, 100%. It was, like my son said afterwards, Mason said, that was like a comic book come to life. And it really did feel that way. I've never seen an animated movie like this at all. And I just really appreciate it. Like you said from the beginning, you were kind of put off by the animation. Right away, for me, I was into it because I really liked the what they were trying to do. They were trying to create something brand new, just like the first Lego movie when that came out. 
they created something totally new with the Lego Lego universe and stuff. And did you know that that movie was written by uh, uh, Lord and Miller, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the same guys who did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Wow. So Lego movie was, because I love Lego movie, so hilarious. Like kids will laugh at it and adults will be able to laugh at it. And the kids don't know what we're laughing, like they don't have the experiences and be able to see what we're laughing at. Um, Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yep, same guy. So they obviously, I mean, they know their stuff. Super smart, really good with characters, really good with the humor. This movie had tons of humor, and not just from Miles Morales, but, um, you know, Peter B. Parker, Spider-Man, and uh, G- Spider-Gwen had a little bit of humor. Everybody had some humor in there. I, I really enjoyed uh, just the humorous aspects of it. You know, these guys know their stuff, Lord and Miller. So they wrote it. Did they direct it as well? Uh, I think cartoon? one of them... No. Oh, I, I'd have to look at the IMDb okay. again. Yeah, I'm not exactly curious. sure, but they they had a heavy heavy part in it with all the writing and stuff. And I really like these guys, man. I'm it, this movie blew me away in that if you think about the Justice League, you introduce characters that you've never seen before, some of them, and nothing jived, nothing worked well together. It was a hodgepodge mess. Justice League. This movie. Brought in, we know Spider-Man, but, you know, we don't know Miles Morales. We don't know Spider-Ham. We don't know Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Gwen. Who's ever heard of her? But then they bring in all these characters. And they make it work flawlessly. The story was great, like you said, and the characterization. I loved it. Yeah, it was fun seeing them not just saying, because we've seen other, what is it, multiverse type of movies or stories and see where it's the same person, but it's, oh, the one that kind of kind of really jogs uh, jogs my memory or rings a bell is um, the one with Jet Li, the one I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the one. He basically the one bad guy, the one Jet Li goes around and kills every single other Jet Li in the multiverse is what they call it because he gets their powers and he gets stronger and stronger and all that sort of stuff. And so thinking of that's the normal multiverse is where you have actually there um, there was another uh, movie. What was it called? Or no, it was a TV show. It was where they, uh, I'm going to blank. It, it was on Fox. It was a really fun one. It might come to me. It probably it, only lasted one season, right? No. Oh, and actually had like six seasons. You watched it too. I can't Lost? Remember. No, no, it wasn't well, Lost. Well, that's ABC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay, track with me. I'm trying to figure out the actor. He played on Lord of the Rings and he was the bad king or like a steward. He was eating the tomatoes and it was jumping all over. Oh, you're talking about the... Fringe. Fringe, there you go. That's okay. what it was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was Lord Denethor. Yes. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, Stuart Denethor, whatever. There you go. Oh, you remember his name. That's fantastic. So Fringe was a really, really good movie that had the multiverse type of aspect, but it's the same people. And it's so... Oh, you're right. And the same thing in this movie, Wilson Fisk wanted to steal his family from another Fisk. Yeah. In Fringe too. same exact thing. He yes. took his son from another universe yeah which is a terrible thing to do what it was interesting yeah i completely terrible thing to do um what was interesting was um you have the same spider-man type of powers but it was in a pig or it was in like a 1920s movie or a 50s uh, movie or it was a, a female or and so it had a bunch of different ones conglomeration of all the different ones together i thought that was pretty neat it was just a neat way to say it now what's funny is um you think of like Austin Powers, where he go, travels back in time, and they have one line, it's just funny, he said, like, Austin Powers is actually saying, so what if I travel then, and then this happened, and then and then I travel back, and then, then and he goes, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, it's better not to think too much mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, totally, I love that, love that. Um, so, I just mentioned Fisk stealing his kid, and this just dives right into my Monday morning quarterback. Fisk should not have been trying to steal his family from another Fisk, because we already know Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, Super evil, 
willing to kill anybody. If a Fisk in another world loses his family, they're stolen, now he's going to go bonkers and maybe rip a hole in another dimension or try to get back into yours. Or he's just going to go bonkers and kill everybody in his own world. I mean, he's created, uh, through his own actions, Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, made it so his wife and child left. They ended up dying. He's created so much problems for himself. Now, stealing his family back from another dimension is going to create more problems for them. And it's just terrible. Money morning quarterback, he should not have done that. I mean, it's tough to accept your losses, especially if you think you can do something about it. But you're just going to hurt more lives in the process. That's absolutely right. My Monday morning quarterback, I was thinking of how to figure out a way to make this um, all go away. Yours is absolutely right. You know, like, why even do that? That's just stupid. Um, I was thinking with Miles, where he's talking with, because uh, he already has the powers when he's talking with Spider-Man. Um, you know, when he, Spider-Man's about to die and and he just got, you know, crumbled in the in the rubble and... Fisk and the other two guys are trying to are coming after him. I literally thought, why is it, doesn't he just pick him up and run? Like, like try to run off with him and try to save him rather than, you know, go ahead and go. Um, I thought if he did that, then he can heal and then he can come back and, and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. But um, before that, like that's, that's my one money, money quarterback. But even before that, I was trying to figure out a way that Spider-Man could have done better at stopping everything so that it didn't hurt him. He didn't get hurt. Um, Anyways, I didn't come up with anything in general other than actually, you know, beating Fisk or beating those other guys. But uh, yeah, it was. I liked the storyline. Did you? Did you know who the whose voice that was? The guy that the actor that was the first Spider-Man. Uh, no, I don't. Who was it? It was the guy that plays um, uh, Captain Kirk on the new Star Wars. Chris Pine. Star Wars. Sorry, Star Trek. Star yeah, Trek. Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, Chris Pine. Oh. And yeah, and then who else do we have? Um, uh, Nicholas Cage. That was cool. He was incredible he did a in that great voice. Job. Oh my gosh! His, his voice much lower and talking you know, slower. And Jake yeah. Johnson played Peter B. Parker. He's been on some other shows. I've seen him here and there. I don't really know much about him. But he said in a little interview that he wanted to go and record with Nick Cage because they had scenes together and stuff. Oh, Peter B. Parker and Shamik, I can't remember his last name, but the guy who plays Miles Morales, they recorded a lot of dialogue together. You know, in animated movies, people are often just doing their lines solo with a line reader saying a line and they respond. Because to make this so much more realistic, so much better, they recorded their dialogue together a lot. Well, uh... uh the guy who played Peter B. Parker wanted to record with Nick Cage, but Nick's, Nick Cage's people said no. He does it alone. He doesn't need anybody <laughs> with him. You know what? About, I mean, wouldn't that have been great though? You're in a movie with Nicolas Cage, and you get to work like you get yeah. to work with him. But it's a shame no one else got to work with him. Maybe other Nick, than the voice recorder. Maybe uh, maybe Nick Cage is a jerk. I, I don't think, know. I'm just joking. I, yeah, I don't know if he's a jerk or not, but my guess is he just really time pressure. Sense, yeah, he, maybe, he yeah. only has enough time to do what recording. And maybe I mean. More than likely, they could record at some other... Like, they don't have to go to the same station or same place to record all the stuff. I don't know. I'm not a movie guy. I bet or you like they this. went to his house, and they did it in his off time. Yeah. After dinner at night, he has an hour to spare. I'll record a little yeah, bit then. Yeah. All he has to do is talk in a low, monotone voice. And yeah. It was really simple. Uh-huh. But it was great. He killed it as uh, Spider-Man Noir. And I really like Spider-Gwen. Her character was awesome. Um, You know, Haley Steinfeld is his is her voice. Haley Steinfeld is in the next movie that's coming out in theaters, Bumblebee. She's oh. the main actress in Bumblebee. So she's, I mean, she's already kind of a known name. I think this month is going to make her, these two movies, a breakout star. And she's going to be like a Jennifer, um, whatever her was. What's the movie where they're Jennifer catching Garner? fire? Garner? 
No, not Jennifer Garner. Well, she was a big Jennifer back in the day. No, Catching oh, Fire, oh, Mockingbird, uh, Mockingjay. Lawrence. Okay, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, so I think Haley Steinfeld's going to be the next. Like, this year's and next year's Jennifer Lawrence, you know, most desirable female lead out there. The only one irritating part, and obviously people are going to like it. It was it was fun. It was a funny way to do it. But you have the, um, the fat Peter Parker and Miles that can, obviously Miles is still learning and all that stuff, but the two of them cannot take Octavius out. But Gwen does by herself and then like, like it looks at them like hey, you guys are wimpy i was like uh okay i i get it you're trying to make the, hey the girl is is awesome which she is obviously but i was like yeah that's a little movie tropish in in a sense in my opinion yeah well yeah I, I understand what you're saying but it did make sense to me that peter b parker is kind of out of shape not really so much spider-man miles is brand new fresh to it and she's been spider-woman for the past three years or whatever kicking butt so it makes sense and spider-man had kind of like an overall goal of keeping miles alive and getting the computer out of there. Spider Gwen was, you know, there's, there's a bad guy for me to take out. I'm going to go take him out. So maybe it's kind of, maybe that's why it happened. So let's get to the rating. What would you give this movie? 95 easy. Wow. Yeah. I was really close to giving it a hundred, but let me tell you why. The highs were so high, right? All the action scenes, all the comedy, all the character interactions were friggin' awesome. But then in the downbeats, like when they're riding on the bus on the way out of there, or they're kind of talking in his dorm room and telling him he can't do anything. Those downbeats, they weren't like super down, but the highs were so high, the downbeats were low. The gap between the two really made me feel the time. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see this. I want to get back to the action, get back to the fun stuff. Because of those beats, which I think all every movie needs its ups and downs. It can't just be up, 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 up the whole time. Those little downbeats or the differences between the highs and lows is what brought it down five points for me. That makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Because, yeah, when he, when he, when the dad, his Miles' dad is talking to him, you, you need the, you need to see that. Like, that's a good part mm-hmm. of the storytelling. But it definitely does. Like, it's just like, it's a grinding halt. Like, yeah. let's put on the e-brake and yeah. just turn the wheel. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> um, so I gave it an 89. I really liked it. And I will, I will definitely watch it again. I'll have my kids watch it with me. And um, so I, I enjoyed it. There was, I think it was, the story was good, but it was, I don't know, just something a little lacking in my opinion. But it did have, it was really funny. So it's definitely rewatchable. Um, I like the Miles character uh, of um, Spider-Man. I like him and I liked seeing his progression to being uh, from a, no ki- like a kid with no powers and then all of a sudden, you know, getting better. But I think, one thing that always gets me is, man, the spiders that just, they're just the spider that bites them. What if it bought, bit somebody else? Or if there was like, it had babies and there was more spiders or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, that was always like in these movies, I, I was always kind of like sad at me. It's like, oh, that's just kind of, that's kind of weird. I know in the comics, it was because he got hit with gamma radiation as well as the spider, right? At the same time or something No, like I that? think it was just a radioactive spider. Oh, that was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. Never mind. Well, the the thing that I don't mind about that is Stan Lee's whole idea was that Peter Parker is just an everyman. If he didn't get bit, Bob Johnson would have been bit or Sarah whatever would have been bit. You know, anybody could have been Spider-Man, but Peter Parker was it. And then he decided to take that mantle on. And one thing I liked about the story was that every single one of those spider men or spider people, um, they all had some kind of a tragedy that spurred them to greatness, you know, or to try to be great and save people. That's a good point. Yeah, I like that a lot. So 
And so I gave it an 89 because it was a really, really good movie, uh, but it didn't break into the 90s for me. Like, it's not something I would be dying to watch. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I could just watch that over and over mm-hmm. again. And um, num- number one as well. And there I could watch because I, I would probably give that like a 92, 94, 95, something like that. Um, but yeah, so I gave it an 89. I really, really liked it. Um, you gave it 95, you said, right? Yep. Yeah, very cool. I think it was, uh, in all, a very, very fun movie. And storyline was really, really well done. And I did love the the uh, um, aspect of having that pig come in here. I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Ham was cool. And John Mulaney is the voice of him. Does a great job making it sound like a kind of like an old-fashioned Looney Tunesy kind of voice. It was killer. It was perfect <laughs> And when he that. says, um, that's all, folks. Can he say that? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yep. That's Lord and Miller kind of scripting and kind of jokes that they use. You know, they did tons of that kind of stuff in Lego Movie as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me see here. Uh, my first lesson learned, let's get to that. Make the best of the situation that you're in, right? Your Miles was getting sent to a new school, didn't want to go, leaving his friends behind. But hey, this is a great situation. You're in a really good opportunity. You've got to just strive to make the best of it. That's what his mom and dad were forcing him, not forcing, yeah, I guess forcing him to do, you know. Um, and eventually he, that kind of like, uh, I, I guess you can morph that into becoming Spider-Man, right? Now you're Spider-Man. Now you have all these powers. Well, let's make the best of it. Let's try to save the world and save these other Spider-Man and do right the right things, you know? Yeah, that's a great lesson. Yeah, because... When he goes there and you can tell he's trying to actually fail and then get flunked out because going to a new school is definitely is never fun. I mean, we went to a new school like in the like I think you were in junior high or high school, high school, high school. And I was in junior high, went to a brand new school and um, you were you actually told our parents, our stepdad and mom, I will ride my bike. 15 miles to go to the same school, yep. go back to the high school. And I would have, I would have, I mean, maybe a month into it, I would have been super bummed out about it, but initially I would have. Yeah. I know. I remember I said, dude, you're stupid. That's, yeah. that's just nuts. I yep. would never do that. <laughs> but they, of course, and I'm glad they didn't, they didn't let me do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So for my first lesson is, and this is one of the iconic, and I, I only learned of this because I didn't read very many Spider-Man comics um, growing up. I learned of it in the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Tobey Maguire. Um, great power comes great responsibility. Oh, yeah? With great power comes great responsibility. And I like the way that it's worded. Um, so having great power, it could even be wealth or knowledge or whatever. Like if, if you are, I wouldn't say advanced, but you're, you're blessed more so than other people. You, it, it's better to benefit other people and that responsibility that comes with it is to help other people or to utilize it to make things better for other people, not just for yourself. So yeah, great power come, with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. And I like the way the word responsibility, it's, it's implying that there's more to it than just like with great power comes great fame or, you know, it's like, no, but you, the responsibility is there's more like, it's not stopping here. Let's keep going. Yeah, totally. I love that lesson. That's a really good one. Um, uh, it, it just reminds me of, I would imagine that line probably originally rate. Oh, I'm sorry. It originated probably with Stan Lee, you know, in writing the character and everything. And I really like just his, uh, supposedly this is his final, uh, cameo in a movie. I, that's what I've heard. I don't know. We haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, but uh, I really liked his little cameo right there. And it, uh, you know, <laughs> his little line of it fits eventually. And the next to it, the sign says no returns. So yeah, you're going to put it on no matter what, cause you bought it, buddy. But I really <laughs> like that cameo. Yeah. He was great. Okay. So with, with the uh, quickly going off of the, um, the lessons now in the storyline, Fisk was gargantuan. Is he like, like nine feet tall? 
He's, I don't know what, but he is super big in the comic books. Well, in later comic books, I mean, they just make him bigger and bigger, you know. Originally, he was just a big dude fighting Daredevil and things. But in this movie, really, uh, they made him as big as he could be. Literally. I mean, he can't get yeah. much bigger than that. And so, does Daredevil and Spider-Man ever meet up? Yes, they, they, they do meet up a lot. And Daredevil, of course, knows who Spider-Man is. I don't know if Spider-Man ever learned that Daredevil's Matt Murdock. I don't, I can't recall that. But... You know, I mean, Daredevil just has his ultimate, his great senses of smell and hearing and everything. And, and I'm sure he could he could hear Peter Parker's breathing. He doesn't need to see who he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. He knows that. So, uh, now, Fisk, there's a question I got from my kids. Who would win in a fight? And I'll ask you this. Fisk or the Hulk? Oh, the Hulk, for sure. <laughs> By far. Yeah. yeah. The Fisk, I mean, he might be as big as the Hulk, but he's just a man. Yeah. Yeah, just a man, especially when you have... If We watched, you and I and the, the family watched Avengers last night, the first Avengers, and you see the huge minigun or just the, the plane, the... Uh, uh, what's the name of the... Shield, shield plane that's going to be taking out Hulk as Hulk's fighting Thor. He's throwing these bullets. I mean, the bullets, I, I don't know which, which type of gun it is, but it's got to be at least, I don't know, a half of... Uh, Maybe maybe a quarter of a pound of of metal flying in the air towards Hulk, and Hulk's just like it's like fleas. It's not even busting his skin. So from there, got me thinking of Ragnarok. The only time I've ever seen something where Hulk bled was from the Wolf. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So what did you think about that aspect of Ragnarok? We're going way off topic. Maybe I should I could get back. But thinking of Hulk fighting Fisk, um, but what do you think about Hulk not ever getting hurt, but with the Wolf? What do you think about that? Uh, I was down with it. I really like the idea that that wolf is just so powerful, as powerful as the Hulk. And its jaws are so hard or is so strong and the teeth are so sharp that it could pierce the Hulk's skin. Yeah. I was down with it. Yeah. And I liked how the Hulk finished it off at the end, yeah. throwing it, I guess, off of the world, you Ooh, know? Yeah, punched him and they yeah, flew off. Who were those? You would know better. There were two guys, two or three guys, that worked with um, Fisk. One was the Tombstone, I think you said? Tombstone was one of them, yes. What's and the, his special thing? Um... If I remember right, he's just a tough, tough mobster. I don't think he okay. has any special powers. He might have some like super strength and durability, um, but I, I don't, I can't think of anything okay. in, in particular. And, and then the other I, guy was the Prowler, who right. I don't have any familiarity with the Prowler. Oh, okay. I don't know if that maybe that's something in the Miles Morales's Spider-Man comic books, which I've read a couple. I just don't know the Prowler. Got it. Cool, cool. Okay, so what's your second lesson? My second lesson is we learn best by doing. And so Miles, of course, in that forest and everything else, he was just forced to learn the web swing to use his powers in order to survive. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you think about transitioning just quickly to like birds in order to learn how to fly. Like the mom, some some species of birds literally push the, the baby out mm-hmm. of the nest. It's like, okay, you're going to fly or die. Like you should get out. And so same thing, like you can't just... Just, you can't just read books and yeah. expect to be able to make it through life, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a great lesson. Yeah. All right. My second lesson plays off of the first one. Remember, the first one was great. with great power comes great responsibility. Number two, with great responsibility comes great need for resolution or resolve or knowing what you stand for. Like, I've had the same lesson many other times. But if you don't know what you stand for, you don't know what you need to do to make things either better or take care of the people around you. Um, if you don't have that, then 
you're not, you're going to miss the mark because you don't have a mark to shoot at. So with great responsibility, so I'm playing off of Stan Lee's line, with great responsibility comes great need for resolution or resolve to do the right thing. Nice. I really like that lesson. And you're absolutely right about that. If you want to do anything uh, important or necessary in life, you're going to have to know why, what, like what needs to be done and why you're doing it yeah. as well. Even, right. even something as simple as creating a goal. Making a goal to do something, um, resolution is more so. It's like who I am, what I do. I do good as opposed to doing evil and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? I know we're almost on the new year. Oh, that's a good question. So, uh, not a New year re- New Year's resolution. I'll give you the big thing. So, I just created this. I don't think I ever told you this yet. Um, when I was 27 years old, I thought, you know what? I don't like working for people. I don't like having a job. I don't like having bosses that tell me what to do or our stupid coworkers and all that sort of stuff. So I told myself, all right, I'm 27. In 10 years, I'm going to quit my job. If I have money or not, like I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to force myself. So I'm going to work hard for 10 years. And I did work hard for 10 years. At about six and a half years, I had enough money coming in from my rental properties to quit my job. Then at, I was gun shy though, because it's really hard to quit your job. And you have, you have that W-2 that just, or that the paycheck. It feels so good like in that paycheck. But at about... Eight and a half years, I realized, what in the world am I still doing here for? Like, uh, this is wasting my time and money uh, and because I could be making more money on my own. So I quit. So I, I've made my goal. It was 10 years I met my goal. Now, after two years of after quitting and not having another goal, I thought, you know what? I need a good goal. I need something to shoot for that's really going to help me um, strive because I could literally sit on my butt all day and watch TV, Netflix, or, you know, go fishing, hunting, whatever. So what I decided to do was, I gave myself another 10-year goal, and I think I should be able to beat it in maybe like five years. I should be able to get it. My Guess what my – oh, I'm going to say guess because it's, it's be hard for you to guess. My next 10-year goal in line with quitting my job, it is more of a monetary or a, a, a actually a fixed dollar amount. I My goal in 10 years is to get a million dollars in profit every single year. Like my profit is going to be a million dollars a year. So in 10 years from now, you want to be able to say that you made 10 million over the past 10 years. Not necessarily. No, no, sorry, not even not necessarily. No, it's not that it's in 10 years. I want to be have, I want to have had a year where I made a million dollars in profit. And then from there, obviously it'll keep growing. Yeah. But yes. So in 10 years, I want to be able to say I made my goal. I I met my goal of a million dollars a year. In profit, not just like, because I not have... Not just revenue. Revenue, yeah. So, um, but yeah, in 10 years, I mean, with all my rental properties and buying apartment complexes and all that sort of stuff, and, and with the great thing about passive income is it grows on itself. Like, all the money that I get, I could save it and buy more properties that make me more money. Yeah. Save that to buy more properties that make me more money. And so that's my next 10-year goal. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. yeah. For me, I haven't decided any new goals for 2019. I have some stuff bumbling around in my head, uh, but they're definitely going to be, some of them are uh, business-based and as well as uh, monetary, like profit-based as well. You want to yeah. do the same goal with me? Um, uh, no, because I think in order to achieve that, it, the goal needs to be something I want to strive for. And a million dollars in a year profit definitely is something worth striving for, but I don't know that that's what I want to really pursue. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe, possibly, I have to think about it. Yeah, because I was thinking that word pursue. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not the the million dollars. Like, it's I don't need money. So it's not, I have plenty of money coming in. So I don't necessarily need money, but it's the goal 
and everything that gets me to that goal. It gets me out of bed, you know, or stop watching Netflix or playing Call of Duty or going hunting all the time. Like gets me to actually do more work. Yeah. Um, so it's not the million dollars. It's just a quantifiable number that proves that I work my tail off to yeah. get to where I want to go. I gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'll think about it. I just don't know what my goals <laughs> are. Right. Exactly. You know, um, let's see here. My third lesson, you you are never truly ready for the most important things in life. You just have to learn to deal with them or survive those things or maybe die trying, right? So a, a, a really good example, well, for, for me personally, is I wasn't ready for my first kid to be born. But Denise and I, we said, okay, I think it's time for us to start a family. Let's try it. And then so we had Mason and then everything's worked out since, you know what I mean? But everyone tries to tell you what, you know, what to expect when you have your newborn and what's the first year, the first month going to be like. And you just cannot be ready just from hearing it from people. You know, that's the kind of thing you need to experience yourself. And same thing for Miles Morales. He was not ready he was, I don't know what age, was he 15 or 16 in this movie? Maybe not even like old enough to drive. High school. Yeah. yeah, he's not ready for all the weight and the responsibility of having these crazy powers. But he decided, now that I have these powers and I have the opportunity to do something, to use them for good, I'm going to do it. So he wasn't ready, but he made the best of it, you know? That's a, a great point. I think that it comes with uh, a perseverance that, not necessarily perseverance, that's not the best word, um, having the resolve almost goes in my second lesson, but having the resolve that no matter what, I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, give an example. Uh, well, I got grit would be the word. Right? Oh, there you, there you go. Like I'm going to get it done. I know what needs to get done. I'm going to make sure it gets done. Even if it kills me, I'm going to do it. Like providing for my family. If all my rental properties went away and ever, I didn't have any money, I would figure I'm not going to get a job. I, my resolve is to, and the grit that I'm going to have is to do whatever it takes to not need a job and still provide for my family. And in doing all that, yeah, I am forcing myself. I'm saying, get out of your comfort zone. Really, just just get it done. Cool. I love it. I love it. Yep. You're right. right about that. So my third lesson is goes along. I, I kind of played all these together. So first one was great. With great power comes great responsibility. Number two, with great responsibility comes great need for resolution or resolve. Number three is with great need for resolution or resolve comes great need for action. Because if you don't, because responsibility only stops there. Like you have the responsibility, but you can even let it go and not, you know, follow through with the responsibility or you can actually follow through with the responsibility. And so with the responsibility, you need to have a resolve and have resolution to be able to do the right thing. And then from there, actually do the right thing. Like you can't just stop. Oh, I, I know to do the right thing. But if you just don't do it, then it's worthless. Like you're wasting that power that you have. So with great need for resolution or resolve comes great need for action. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Action is the most important. Like, like I said earlier, you know, the, the one, the second lesson we learned best by doing that's just taking action. You've got to do it. You know, football players. Yeah. You might be a, a great, at least a tactician of the game, understanding strategies. If you read a lot of books and watch a lot of game tape, but you're really going to have to get in there and do the practice, do the work on the field, do the conditioning, run the plays over and over again to become good at it. Absolutely. That's the same thing. Take action. Yep. Hey, I got a quick side note. Uh-huh. How do you spell Spider-Man? Is it one word or two words? Two words, right? With a dash? Two words with a dash. With a dash. Okay. Because I'm spelling it Spider-Man. It always tells me, hey, this is a misspelled word. Ah, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. With the dash there. So let me see here. My prop, it's not necessarily like an item although kind of in the beginning when he goes when miles goes down to the tunnels with his uncle aaron and he paints that awesome beautiful mural 
and then he stands in front of it and then his uncle kind of does a silhouette black and white silhouette i would like that on a big poster in my room right here ah, that cool. was it was just so cool looking in every time i look at it it'll remind me of miles morales and this movie that's you know? cool so i was thinking along different lines that of in the movie like if the movie instead of being a cartoon it was actually a physical prop i just probably just take the web shooter mm-hmm. the web shooter that that uh, peter is a peter b parker yep yeah passes on to miles like i'd take that that'd mm-hmm. be fun yeah totally uh i agree that would be a good one for sure i the second thing i thought of was doc ox tentacles like the whole suit <laughs> she wore with the with the tentacles coming out yeah that, was, that would be pretty cool and you know speaking of doc ock i i really like the idea that um they use this female as Doc Ock because we've all seen Doc Ock not only from the second Spider-Man movie, but from the comics over the years. If we saw an actor that looked like Doc Ock being the doctor, we know, okay, there's Doc Ock, obviously. But it was really cool having that female doctor become Dr. Victoria Octavius, whatever her name was, I can't remember. I, I really like that aspect of it. That was really good because it threw me off. Yeah. I was like, who's this nerdy, nerdy uh, female doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, unassuming and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Just like when, uh, was it number three or two in the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire that had Doc Ock? The second one. The second one. Yeah, so you had, I can't remember the guy's name. He played in... Um, uh, the man, the man who man knew, knew too, too little. little. Yes. <laughs> Indiana Boris. Jones, Temple Boris's of Doom. Boris's old spices later. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he was pretty unassuming and pretty nerdy, but then, um, you know, obviously gets his powers and gets uh, a huge, you know, resolve for evil. And so, yeah, it was great curveball that came out of nowhere. Like, oh, oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I liked it. And one of the things I like about this movie is that they've opened up the idea now in one movie. Uh, you've opened up the idea of the multiverse, these other Spider-Men. They can branch off of this and go in 20 different directions with 20 new brand new characters, just building off of this simple idea of multiple Spider-Mans. I thought it was great. I think it's a good idea. I don't know if I'd watch any of those, though. You don't think so? (laughs) I might. It's just so much to keep track of. Like, it's a whole nother, I don't know, a whole nother movie uh, chain or like, you know, series or storyline. I'm like, that might be exhausting. But it it might be be good. It Mm -hmm. might be good. Well, as long as they do a good job with it, I'm always down with additional movies for characters that I already like. That's exactly you and I were talking after Spider-Man um, in the uh, Spider-Verse where we were talking about, man, you know what? For some reason, Captain Marvel, but probably a big reason why is I, I haven't watched any trailers. I forced myself to not watch any trailers because I hate the way they give everything away. But I was thinking, you know what? For some reason, I just don't have any desire. Or no, it was even before that. It was like if there was a Black Widow movie because they've talked about a Black Widow movie. I was like... I don't know if I really want to watch that. Or even a Hawkeye. It's like, eh, that might be okay. Like when they did Daredevil, I was like, I, plus I, I'm not a big, actually, I'm anti-Ben Affleck. Man. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, he's horrible. <laughs> um, you know, I just, when I watch him, I'm like, I just see mall rats. Oh. You know, it's uh-huh. like, eh, plus he's just, he's just a bad person in general, in my opinion. I, I'm probably completely overreading it. But um, anyway, so thinking of like a um, Hawkeye or a Black Widow movie, um, I was thinking, you know, Captain Marvel, I just had, don't have any like thought of it. But you mentioned before Thor came out, you're like, uh, eh, it's Thor. I don't know if I really want to see it. Or even Iron Man. Like, was is that how you were thinking? No, I knew I wanted to see those movies no matter what. But if you would have said, we're going to make a movie, if Marvel said, we're making a movie on Thor, or it's on Beta Ray Bill, or it's about Silver Surfer, I don't care. I'm going to go see it. It didn't matter to me which characters. You know what I mean? And Once the movie comes out, I watch it. Then if I like it, then I want to see more. Or I don't want to see more. Like Justice League, 
I'm fine of never seeing another Justice League movie, you know, <laughs> which is such a bummer because all those individually, those characters could be really good and, and they've done good Batmans and Wonder Woman was good, but together it just didn't work. So the difference between the two Marvel and DC, the way that they tell the story makes the, all the difference in the world. Now, if you look at the way Marvel does it, you have Spider-Man who is Peter Parker. He, you normally learn about Peter Parker, but then he becomes Spider-Man for a little bit of time. So maybe... I don't know, three, two-thirds of the time, he's Peter Parker. A third of the time, he's uh, Spider-Man. So they focus on him as a person. Um, but he, let's look at somebody else. Let's look at Batman. You focus on this with DC. The storytelling is focused on Batman, and he's part of the time Bruce Wayne. Same thing with Spider-Man. Majority of time, or sorry, uh, Superman. Majority of time, Superman's Superman, and a fraction of the time, he is um Clark Kent. Clark Kent. And so the difference, way, the difference in, in we can identify... We as humans, um, watching the story, we can identify with Marvel so much better because, like, literally think of any um, storytelling that Marvel does, it's on the person as opposed to their powers. Whereas DC focuses on their powers as opposed to the person. And so we can relate so much more to Marvel as opposed to anything in DC. What do you think? Yep, 100%. I agree with you there. You're spot on with that one. And one of the things, too, I think they have Marvel uh, or Kevin Feige is in charge of everything. He is, above everything, a fan of the comic books. And he wants to see these movies done really good justice. I don't know that the people writing the movies or producing the movies for DC are big fans of it. Same thing with Star Wars. Lately, the people making the movies aren't Star Wars fans. And so they're not delivering movies that fans want to see. Marvel is because they're all fans of it. That's you a, know, Some of the actors aren't fans, but at least everybody up above, all the producers, the directors, the writers, the they love, yeah. yeah, the storytellers yeah. love Marvel. And that's, that's the difference for me. The most recent Star Wars that had, um, you know, basically all the guys were idiots or bad guys and all the females were the good guys and the smart ones. And I read somewhere, and obviously that Star Wars was horrible. Um, absolutely hated it. And I read somewhere that 50% of the, if not like the main person overseeing this entire movie was female and 50% of the people that are overseeing the entire movie are female. And they purposely made, they said, you know what? We're going to change it up where we have females be the lead and be the, be everything. And not saying that that's bad, but you're not really, um, you're not giving the fans what they want. Fans what they want, but they're also not following like the normal story, like how it, stories have always been told. Not saying you shouldn't bring women in or any of that at all, but they're not playing to what has happened in the past. They're not bringing that on and helping the fans come along with them. If they would have changed it a bit, I don't know. I can't see. I'm not creative, so I wouldn't be able to figure it out. But yeah, so they purposely changed it. They said, we're going to, what was working? Ah, let's go ahead and change it anyways. It's not, it's not broken. Let's go ahead and change it. I'm like, oh. And, yep. it, and it obviously, Star Wars sucked. Yep. And they screwed everything up. Yeah, I'm not a fan of where it's going. I will watch the episode nine when that eventually comes out, but that might be it for me. I don't know if I'll even watch it. Yeah. It, the other one was so atrocious that I was like, this is just bad. I might, you know, if it comes out on, on DVD or something, I might might rent it for a dollar or something just to see it. Or if it comes on like, you know, um, ABC or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, years later. Yep, yep, yep. All righty. So I think that's it for me. I mean, we covered just about everything that I loved about the movie. Uh, what about you? Anything else? Um. Oh, you know something? I got crazy goosebumps when he was in his dorm room and then he resolved to be Spider-Man. 
I w- I was, oh my gosh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be awesome. He's going to, Miles Morales is now going to be Spider-Man. He went and got that awesome suit and spray painted himself. When he was jumping off of the building, that beautiful shot of him like going upside down, down to the street. It was incredible. I had goosebumps that entire time. That was fantastic. They, they did a really, really good job in that storytelling. And I was like, why is he, sp- I understand the spray painting because he grew up doing that, his dad and uncle and all that sort of stuff. I understand that. But there was a black suit right next to it. Like, uh, wh- why? Just pick the black one. That's mm-hmm. already right there. Maybe it wasn't sprayed. Well, isn't um, that what certain- he did? Didn't he just choose one of the black suits and then spray painted it red? Is that what it was? That's what my thinking was. Because, you know, the symbol and everything, even on the shoulders, it didn't look... It wasn't like nice straight lines of red. And the spider wasn't... He spray painted that stuff I on. Ge- I, okay, I guess in... I could be completely wrong. As I was watching it, he looked at the red one, looked at the black one, then went back to the red one. And then I saw him spray painting. I was like... Why didn't you just take the black one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it could be that he just took the black one mm-hmm. and sprayed that, you know, the nice, the new Spider-Man logo, the spray, um, the paint one. But yep. really cool. So Miles Morales and that arc of storyline, is that already a comic? Like that's been going for a while? Yep, it has. Miles okay. Morales stuff. Yep, okay. For quite a while. And we've never seen Gwen before? In uh, no, Gwen Stacy was the one. She was the one in the second Andrew Garfield movie. Wasn't that Gwen Stacy that died? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because she was Captain Stacy's daughter, right? Wasn't her wasn't her dad the uh, police captain? So which one did we see her in then? Uh, the second Spider-Man. The second Spider-Man. Uh-huh. With Got your it. favorite actor, Jamie Foxx. Oh my goodness, he is so awesome. <laughs> well, she was in the first one too. I think she was his love interest in the first movie as well. Oh, okay. When Stacy was in both. Yeah, but... Jamie Foxx. I, I still think of him as um, Shaniqua. Yep. Was it Shaniqua? That, uh-huh. that was Shaniqua. Name from uh, Living Color. Living Color. Yeah. Oh, I, I just picture it. That's his best role <laughs> ever. He's fantastic as Shaniqua. And when he was in Buns, like you talked about. Buns, yes. Yeah. I love him in Buns. Like that's the perfect, perfect, yep. perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool beans. So anything else that we failed to uh, discuss? No, I, I I I enjoyed it. I even though I gave it eighty nine, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I definitely will watch it again. I don't know how many times I will watch it over and over again. Like it's not something that I like. I don't identify with Miles because I'm thirty nine now, probably, and I'm not a high school kid. So my kids will probably identify with Miles. Um, I wouldn't say I identify with uh, Nicolas Cage. You know, the the black and white character. It, so I guess. For some reason, I like watching movies that I identify with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, I can see myself in that. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. That's why you watch Guardians of the Galaxy. You're you're Gamora at heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Rocket. <laughs> there you go. You're Rocket at heart. Yep. 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 Are That's you, right. Are, what is, what is, what is he? Oh, I, I, there was something that Rocket says. I just off the tip of my brain, uh, but just his one liners. It just it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, me, I got some. I got a lot to lose. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's I got, right. I got a lot to. lose. <laughs> Love that. All right. So, Dusty, this movie was your choice. So next week, I'm going to choose a movie coming out in theaters, Bumblebee. Bumblebee. How does that sound to you? Sounds fantastic. Good. I actually, I I, I love, uh, growing up watching the Transformers in cartoon, Bumblebee was just like the lovable, you know, like the, he's Bumblebee. It's just mm-hmm. the best um, of the, all the Transformers that like, it's easy. Well, what should I say? When you buy him as a kid, like you would buy the Transformers, that's like the one that's always there. Optimus Prime, obviously, but it's it, it was like so prevalent to have Bumblebee as the one you could buy and actually play with. So I think I, I'm pretty sure I had the Bumblebee. Definitely had Optimus Prime, but um, so looking forward to. But here's a question: Is this a um, uh, what's the same director? Michael Direct- Bay. Yeah. No, is it his movie or is it totally different? It isn't. It's a guy named Travis Knight. And from what I heard, he grew up like you and I did with Transformers, loving him. Michael Bay just, this is a franchise we can, 
we can make some cool movies, sell a ton of toys. It seems like that's what Michael Bay's intent was. The first Transformer was good. Everyone after that just got worse and worse and worse. From what I've heard, this one tries to bring the cartoons that we remember from the 80s to real life. And so this is going to be so much better than any Michael Bay Transformer. Michael, I, I'm I'm so excited now that you said that because I thought it was going to be another Michael Bay. The most recent Transformers with Michael Bay, it was like every single shot was like um, the the main exciting shots in Armageddon. Yeah. Like every single every one. Shot, yeah. like, oh, I'm so worn out. <laughs> like my adrenaline fatigue is just gone. Oh, uh, yep, oh. yep. So I'm really looking forward to it now. In in the cartoons and everything else, Bumblebee's voice was totally fine. Like he had this, you know, like really really smooth voice, like be on like a DJ. And now we're seeing that going off of with Michael Bay, not Bumblebee, not having a voice. I'm just like, I number one, not having a voice in Bumblebee. I'm like, why in the world did they do did they do that? That's just kind of yeah. I don't I know like why that. they're repeating that motif here, but hopefully it works. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it does. Alrighty. Well, uh, so now that you know how we feel about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we would love to hear your thoughts. And of course, not just your thoughts on the movie, but any life lessons that you took away. So please visit the show notes page at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 28. Leave a comment, check out our life lessons, watch the trailer. There's also a link there to our Facebook page where you can comment as well. So thank you very much for listening to this episode, and we will return next week with Bumblebee.